0: I am James Yevon. And I'm TJ Stolzenberg. And welcome to episode number nine. Number nine? I know. How amazing is that? Hey, at first we just started this off for fun, but now supposedly we at least have more than one listener out there. Yeah, you know what's even better? We're one day away from opening day. You know what's even better? What? I want to have a quick tip of the cap moment. We're going to go early on this. Normally we do this mid podcast. We're going to start with the lady of the week. Have to say it early. Take it away, James. My beautiful mother, Lillian Yevon. It's her birthday today. That is my tip of the cap moment of the week. I want to say thank you. You're a strong human being. I love you as a mother. You're just a great overall person. I just want to say that. I love you for everything. That's my shout out. And I'll say overall from my view, I've seen her, I've served her. she is so positive all the time. She is a force. Lillian Ramos Yevin. Yep, that's where Tip I of the my... cap to you, my dear. Happy birthday. You did a great job raising this guy over here. Yeah, I know I could be. <laughs> I can be a pain at times, but you know, <laughs> deep down, you still love me. But that leads us into our male tip of the cap of the moment. Yes, of the week. Rob Gronkowski What a great player Listen I want to be a Patriots hater as much as the next person what are you kidding me? I can join uh, you with I, that I, I just I, You know Over the years It's like it's getting old I'm over it Tom Brady Your butt chain is so beautiful Your wife is so beautiful Your tight spiral past is so beautiful Life is so easy for life you Life is just So But Let's give a moment and, and take a little chunk of time For Rob friggin'kowski. Alright Everybody loves this guy We're gonna talk about him for a quick sec. First off, Rob, you played nine years in the NFL. Granted, you probably actually played only 7.2 of that, but with this day and age, the amount of people headhunting, the amount of people getting hurt all the time, you played full seasons six out of those nine, you played two half seasons, and then you basically missed an entire season. Oh boy, this is gonna be the moment where Patriots are gonna be like, what are you talking about? Patriots fans, I know you're in denial of all that, but let's get down to some brass tacks here. Here we go. I support and love. The real question is, is Rob Gronkowski a Hall of Famer? You know, that's always been the biggest question. Everyone's been asking that ever since he retired. But think about it, you gotta look at him. He was a beast. Beast. Absolute beast. Beast. I was afraid And just like you're afraid, all fantasy owners, even if he had an injury the week before, the months before, you hovered over that starting button. It would either be him or who. You know what I mean? Even if you had the best backup tight end in the world, you'd rather go with an injured Rob Gronkowski. The man is more than a man. He gave you so much every game. Let's break down some stats for you real quick. Let's hear this. So we looked up the greatest tight ends of all time. Now the key is going to be the amount of seasons they played to accrue these statistics. But just to throw four names out there, we got it: Tony Gonzalez. Hall of Famer. Automatically. And, well, I should say. What do you mean? Oh, No, no, no. He's a Hall of Famer. Famer. Yeah, what was you saying? Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. I mean, Jason Witten. No, yes, no. I don't know. Either way, uh, Antonio Gates. He was a Cowboy, so I didn't like him. The O. Oh, no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna break the fourth wall real quick. The O oh, moment I actually just had it was not me being uh, argumentative or confused. I actually literally forgot Antonio Gates' first name. <laughs> I was gonna say Anthony, and I was like, that's not right, because I was thinking Tony Anthony. And I let him in. So that was... Okay, I... Yeah, I, I was about to say, there was a little... There was a pause over a there. Moment. there was I'm like, like... I'm like... I wrote down Gates. I'm like, is that Ben Gates from National Treasure? No, not Ben. Is that... Benjamin An- Francisco. or <laughs> Francisco. <laughs> Franklin, my bad. Benjamin Franklin Gates? Yeah. Uh, is that Anthony Gates? Because I just said Tony. And then I'm looking at Jason Witten. I'm like, what is Gates' name? He's only played for... You were thinking about... Here's the thing. <laughs> the difference is is that I was thinking greatest tight ends, Tony Gonzalez was the first thing that came into my mind because he got inducted this year. Yeah, let's be real. Tony Gonzalez, definite Hall of Famer, because he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, Yeah. And Antonio Gates is going to be in the Hall of Fame, I think. He should be. Wouldn't you agree? Jason Witten's probably on the bubble. Mm. He played on a team that never got very far in the playoffs. You can blame others for that. Tony Uh, Romo, Tony, we love you. Hey, he's a great broadcaster Uh, now. Best in the game, by the way. I have to be honest, ever since Tony Romo started broadcasting, the first thing that came to my mind... I don't want to be like this guy. Honestly, I want to be the guy. Be like, oh yeah, yeah. He's a wide receiver on the left side. You he's gonna go he's there. Ninety-two percent of the time, right where he drew the squiggle line, and then he's gonna do a hook. Is to the right, where the player went, and then he does it. It's like that's if just a result of Tony Romo knowing the game. You can tell he's a brain, but there's two different things. There's one, a guy who has a brain that can describe it to the public. The fact that he can do that, like that, and nonetheless. he would see things. Describe it in the moment. The best thing he did, which no other broadcasters or color guys were doing—not play-by-play, the color guy who is usually just describing what happened after the fact—is usually the former Hall of Famers that are the color guys. Yeah, so. Tony was doing it before. He, you know, that was that was kind of revolutionary what he was doing. Him and Nance, right? Nance. I mean, Jim Nance. Yeah, who was like his partner? Yeah, I'm I'll saying. Cur- I'm saying Nance gave him the the the, the room, the platform. Tony would have the screen. He'd say where normally there was silence or Nance would use a building statement like, here it is, third down, big play coming. He allowed Romo a lot of room, and at first they butted heads, but he realized Romo's just a natural talent and people love listening. Romo would say, look up top, you got got a mismatch, top of the screen, check the inside adjustment on the route, all of a sudden the tight end or the quarterback it worked, it worked out quarterback way. checks down and says hey uh check 92 roster egg cheese chicken and all of a sudden boom quick slant to the inside guy just like tony romo said oh the, my goodness the man is not only predicting he knows now it doesn't say anything about his actual career well, because he, because he went through because he went through it himself yeah he went into the postseason a couple of times but unfortunately he didn't get very far but still though he made the game very entertaining. Everybody might remember the fact that he fumbled the ball uh, on that uh, PAT. Oh, the, on that... Uh, <sighs> yeah. Uh, you uh, know, <sighs> Tony, you're awesome. The you post-football career, playing golf, professionally, in the booth, describing football to the youth, professionally, you're killing it, guy. He's living the life. So, we digress. That was about Jason Witten. Granted, Witten was kind of paired up with him. Stats, abundant. But playoff victories, not so abundant. Not so abundant. So, you've got Tony Gonzalez, Anthony Gates, Jason (laughs) Witten. I told you I would do that. So, (laughs) we're going to continue on here. Yeah. Look Look at these stats, all right? These These guys played an entire... Entire career, close to twenty years. Gronk played half of that. Nine. Gonzalez was he twenty or nineteen years? Uh, He's nineteen. He's eighteen. Yeah, nineteen years. Gates was eighteen and going on nineteen. And Gronk played nine, which blew my mind. By the way, he didn't even make double digits. Double digits. I feel like Gronk's been around for a while. You know what it is? It's the success that the Patriots had. It's the winning. It's the. Immediately a beast every year and year out. Oh, yeah, the names. There wasn't the four or five years where they're on the rise. Gates and Gonzalez probably grinding for a... Uh, they were also on teams that didn't get very far. Not like the Patriots dynasty of the 21st right. century. So I want to make it make more sense to you what we're trying to say. Games played. Straight up. Ignore the seasons, injuries, and everything. Just straight up games played. Gonzalez had 270. Witten was 239. Gates at 236. Gronk is at 115. Yep. You He's, heard that right. Yeah. Literally less than half of the, of the third place guy. All right. Who would have thought? Honestly. So you have all that in head. It's three dudes pretty much right up there, all in the 230s, 240s, 250s. And then Gronk is halfway at 115. Here's the touchdowns Gonzalez, 111. Gates, 116. Witten, only 68. Eh. Gronk, 79, plus a rushing touchdown for 80. But my point is, in 115 games, he had 80 touchdowns. Yes, Tom Brady. Yes, Patriots offense. We get it. Gronk was the automatic target for Tom Brady. But even though teams knew it was coming, and even though Gronk, the double, triple, it didn't matter. The man was just athletic enough, fast enough a beast enough to create plays and it's not like the Patriots have five or seven threats on offense their design makes it impossible for you to want a double triple team anybody you would say hey the Randy Moss years throw two guys on him every single play then boom that opened opportunities for the unknown slot receivers to mm-hmm. gain crazy stats that opens the door for players like Wes Welker all of a sudden to gain stats, get a career. But my point is such. Is Gronk a Hall of Famer with 79 touchdowns, only 30 or 40 behind guys that he got in half of the time? 115 games, 80 touchdowns versus 240 games and 110 touchdowns. That's just, that's insane to me. 100, literally only 100 catches behind Tony Gonzalez. He's I'm sorry, if you doubled Gronk's stats. If you doubled Gronk's stats and took into consideration deterioration over years. He'd be at 158 touchdowns if you double that. Exactly. That's just insane. So he'd be only 100 catches behind Gonzalez with a couple extra years to play. He would have passed him. He'd be way past Gates, way past Witten. So I don't think it's even a question. I think we've arrived to the point where, Gronk, you made it. He lived a life. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion. Right. And he had one, And he has one of the best quarterbacks of all time throwing it to him. Best coach, best quarterback. Best quarterback, coach duo ever. And what else are you looking for when you're playing sports? Championships, right? You want your legacy. You want those rings all over your fingers. No matter how much you want, championships mean a lot. It means everything to these guys. I bet you... A lot of these guys just stick in the game because they want to find a winning team. Every year is a one out of 30 chance, even less. Of course. 30 teams, you know, you're not going to be on the be- Then these Martellus Bennett's get traded to the Patriots, and they get to kind of steal a ring. You know, Gronk stayed there the whole career, got two or three. I kind of understand with the question of his body becoming more decrepit rapidly, supposedly and three rings already think about it. you're constantly playing football obviously you're going to be injured like that it's not like baseball where you get injured probably once every five years or once or it could be like jacoby ellsbury getting getting hit by a pitch but anyway not to throw off no, the subject we're gonna, a little bit we'll we'll poop on jacoby ellsbury anytime of course but anyway this is gronk this is gronk this you is know, the, tip of the guy moment of the Gronk. 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 grok he literally had a 400 pound he could literally have a 400 pound guy on him, and he was still go to the end zone. Oh, yeah, by the time he carried the three or four Houston Texans uh, from the 11 yard line all the way to the end zone. <laughs> he had a, if you look at his highlights on YouTube, he has that wacky, literally movie scene moment where you jump on his back and, and he, he'll still go. He doesn't matter. He's going, man. The cool thing was he had hands too. It's good to have a body of rock, of stone, of strength to carry all these guys to not get tackled but then to have nets for hands, to have soft touch, be able to receive anything, any angle. Honestly, the most impressive stat that we looked up was his fumbles. (laughs) In his entire career, a big, goofy, what we perceive as big, goofy, gobbling idiot. A nuthead. A nuthead. A nuthead. The man fumbled four times. We're not lying. We read it. Four fumbles in a nine-year career. He caught the ball 521 times, and he fumbled only four. Four. That statistic is almost less than every single running back that I looked up. I probably fumbled four times in one play, if that's even possible. And if it's even cuter, he got one of those back, so he only lost three of them. But I digress. (laughs) The point is, (laughs) the point is, is that he was a great tight end. And do you take length of career into consideration when it comes to Hall of Fame? Do you take the fact that his body may have deteriorated a, a, little more, a little more rapidly than, let's say, Gonzalez or Gates? Is he a Hall of Famer? I think you guys should reach out to us on our social media. James, exactly. James is going to tell you where to hit us up. So, our Instagram, once again, I'm not going to stress this right pay attention i hope you're paying attention i'm just gonna i'm not gonna do that anyway pay attention (laughs) once again our instagram is life and pinstripes and our twitter is at Yevanation. used to do a podcast i'm gonna say that once again if you get confused and my personal Twitter is jm 21 and I believe you have your own Twitter now. I don't even know what it is, though. You tell him at TJ, for Stolzenberg TJ. Stolzenberg. Sorry. Stolzen... He, always, he always says it. Fa- I, my name is ridiculous. It's a bunch of Z's and Q's and Batman symbols. So don't worry about it. StolzenbergTJ. TJ. Stolzenberg. Stolzenberg. Yeah, good enough. It's phonetic. It is very. I stole phonetic. the Zen. From the Berg. Yeah, but imagine trying to say that like fast, like Stolzenberg, Stolzenberg, Stolzenberg. Exactly, it's a tongue twister. Is that my Twitter? Is that my what is that? I think that's your Twitter. Okay, so we just developed a Twitter for me. I did create a Twitter like seven or eight years ago because I had no idea what it was, and I tried to friend um, Nick Swisher and CC Sabathia. I thought they would pay attention to the fact that I said, hey. Great eye on that 2-0 fastball. Like, I literally said something very specific and silly. I had no idea. I thought, you know, they're not going to respond to me. But Well, it's Nick Swisher. You never know where you can get from him. Maybe they'll respond to me. I love Nick Swisher. Come love on. him. But, as you know, that Twitter account never took off. So, Stolzenberg, TJ, with the at symbol before it, I suppose. Well, we'll, we'll work on your <laughs> Twitter getting, once I, again. I'm getting there, social media. But the point is, you tell us. Do you think Rob Gronkowski is a Hall of Famer? Yes or no. And if you say yes or no, at least have a point after the fact. Back it up. And to be honest, since we're in the area of New England, I'm not really hoping for all that really silly, biased Boston, neat, you know, New England. Come where... on, you. Come on, I'm already. He's the No, that. give me stats. Give me, give me proof. Give me some story. At least. Lie to me with numbers. I do not want to hear the Boston Park and the Hobbit Yacht. He's the best player in the history of the game. All right. Let's try try not to make fun of Boston, okay? I'm pretty sure some of my friends are from Boston. So, yeah, you're going to have the... Just saying. So, I can make fun of Boston. They won the World Series last year. They may not win this year. We'll see. I don't know. They're still the team to beat. They are still the team to beat. But, speaking of teams... I think we should head into predictions this year. Oh, yes. Because, to be honest, it's a mess, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of offseason moves in the MLB. I'm not sure who's on what team. Bad contracts, all those other things. Crazy contracts. Distractions out the wazoo. Pitchers going here, going there. And everybody literally getting an extension. Yeah, literally everybody. I'm waiting for my extension. Where's his? Where's mine? I'm ready for my 60-year, $900 billion extension. But yeah, the tundra is a literally a shifting. But yes, first of all, opening day is tomorrow. Open, opening day is tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yes, tomorrow. We made it. We've got... we finally made it. We've got the Baltimore Orioles. Baltimore Orioles, Andrew Kashner versus Masahiro Tanaka. I like the Tanaka decision. I. What come, else were we going to do? Come on, it's Masahiro Tanaka. He's... The second best starter besides Luis Severino. I like that for his mind because he came over as a stud ace. And then once he got figured out a little bit, he tapered off a little bit. Now it's time to be like, hey, you are here for life. You're on this team. You are an ace no matter where you pitch in the rotation. Show us every time. I bet you he's honored to have the start. Of course he is. And are you kidding me? The man's gonna the man's gonna do lights out. You can't give the the opening day start to a new pitcher. You can't give it to James Paxton. No, you can't. Not yet. A true Yankee who has been, who's been with the team. You got to go with him. And to be honest, we're facing the Baltimore Orioles now. Granted it's a 162 game season. You can't win every game. But they always play tough. I don't know how. It's like amazing and, how tough they play. And the strangest thing is I've been to four Yankee games in my life. Three of them just happen to be against Baltimore. Well, you're I, going to a fifth one, with the fourth one being the Baltimore Orioles. We're going. Game yes. three. Game three, March Sunday. 31st. And guess what? Jay Happ has the ball for us. Oh, cool, cool, cool. So hopefully, can see him for the first he does time. as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we will see him. And I'll be seeing this. the Orioles again. But predictions. We're not going to go into detail because that'd be boring. And let's be honest. Uh, no one wants to hear predictions and things that are asinine not right this second But we can talk about the players that made the roster. Let's do it. All right. How about let's start off with the starting pitchers Obviously we got Tanaka Paxton Hap Domingo German Erman or German German Erman and Luis Sessa. I like it. I like it Luis. He had a really good spring now, because one of the two, Domingo Herman or Luis Cesa, one of the two, let's be honest, unless they both have lights out, it's not a prediction of mine, one of them is going to kind of crap out, fizzle out, but he'll pitch a couple starts to get us through the first month of the year. Well, here's the thing. And it, that's right where Gio Gonzalez will come sliding in. All, all right. Gio Gonzalez eventually, I think he's going to make the roster. But here's the problem with Germán and Sessa. Germán starts off well. Goes ice cold, then kind of comes back, and then gets ice cold again. There's not a lot of consistency when you get from so Vermont. Vermont. But this offseason, he has been lights out. I think he's a he has solid He's stuff. developed a fourth and fifth pitch. He really had four and five pitches the whole time, but they were jokes. He now has a tailing yeah. fastball. It it's it a repertoire. It is almost like a running fastball. It's not a true fa- It's Got speed. But the ball, once released from his fingertips, moves from the eye from here to here. It drops a couple inches and it moves a good five, six. So you go to the, hit the sweet spot, it's now going to be a grounder to the third baseman, hopefully, a double play, stuff like that. He's got kind of like a sinking action on his ball. So in the uh, Cactus League, the man was not untouchable, but he impressed me. He's clearly been working on it and striving to become a starter in the major leagues. You know, a lot of people were talking about who's going to make this roster because we lost Severino. Was it going? And CeCe. Or was it going to be Graman? Was it going to be Loisica? Was it going to be Sessa? The one problem is with Sessa, people get very impatient with him. He comes up and he doesn't deliver. Literally every season he came up, he doesn't deliver. It. His first three starts. He's gonna have an 0-2 record with a 5.72 ERA. Well, let's hope that does not happen. At best, he'll be 1-1 with a 4.73 ERA, and it'll just be so happen to be the game where we hit the ball lights out and had some uh, some run support for him. But let's move on to the field. Infield, yeah. infield. Go. All right. Rafer bye bye birdie. Bye bye birdie. He made the roster. As he should <coughs> after <coughs> an impressive spring training. Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt. Who oh, I have on my fantasy team, by the way. <coughs> I'm excited. <coughs> by the way, <laughs> this is gonna be funny. Most of the infield I have on my fantasy team. Glaber Torres. Glaber, DJ on the bench for me. LeMayhu on my bench too. Tula Witzki. Tulo and Anduha. Anduha. Who I have in both of my fantasy leagues. Gosh, I love our infield. Let's move to the outfield. I do. All right. Judge, as everybody knows. The first three are going to be easy. Judge, Stanton, Garner, Garner, and... When he comes back, Hicks. And then uh, Hicks comes back. And then this guy. You may not know him. I don't think I know him. Mike Talkman. Who? Who's this guy? All right. Who? Here's what we're going to do. Mike Tachman, the Yankees acquired this guy a little bit earlier this week in exchange for Phil Deholm. Deholm is a very tough last name to pronounce. Exactly. But anyway, the point is is that the Yankees went out of their way to get another outfielder when they have Tyler Wade, who was absolutely sensational this spring. After this move, and then I heard that he made the opening day roster, I'm like, why Why isn't Wade... Okay, I understand. He's put up great numbers in the offseason or in the preseason 2-3 years in a row. He comes in, I get it. He's a role player. So maybe platoon halfway through the year, bring him up once a couple guys are a little injured and you can create some free bench time to gather strength back for the other guys. But the four, but the roster, you know, the 25 man Thought he would make that, to be honest. Tyler Wade, I thought he was a He's an outfielder. He's an infielder. He's a utility a, guy. Everywhere. He could play everywhere. I think one of the reasons why he probably didn't get the um, outfield spot is because he doesn't have a lot of experience in the outfield. He's usually known as an infielder. Uh, you know, he helped you know he helped the second base, third base, all, right. all things like that. But let's do a little information about our new outfielder, Mr. Mike Tuckman. Tuckman. So he batted, get this, 323, 20 home runs, and 81 RBIs for the Pacific Coast League for A when he was on the Rockies. That's actually pretty impressive. That is very impressive. He is, he's 28 years old. Though. you ever look in the minors and you see above 300, 20, and 80, you don't see that very much. No, you don't see that very dumb. But the fact that the Yankees went out of their way to get a guy, I have no idea who this is. Is this going to be a very smart move by Brian Cashman, who has made... Dozens of smart moves. Usually it is. Who would have thought Luke Voigt would be as good as <laughs> what we got last year? I have a feeling also it's just being in that jersey, being a Yankee, these guys come and have a chance to breathe again, refresh their career, have a, have a new pulse, a new purpose in a big city, in a big market. Well, so, huh? you can say that about Didi. You, you can say in that new, about in New York now. So, bring it. Well, here's another thing that I think people are going to like He's a lefty. You're a lefty. I'm a lefty, yeah. We don't have a lot of lefty bats in our lineup. Think about it. Gardner, Bird. If Bird can stay healthy and produce, Gardner obviously can can do some good things too. Wow, that's about it. Yeah. Think about it. Voight, Sanchez, Romine, and Duhar. Judge. 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 Torres. S- Stanton. Stanton. They're all righties. Everybody's a righty, except for maybe four guys. Well, doesn't matter because to be honest, lefty righty. Honestly, that stat has been overhyped, overlooked matchup-wise throughout history. Way too much. There's so many righties that hit righties better than lefties. There's so many lefties that hit lefties better. It just is a per. It's yeah. See, I believe I've, I've always disagreed with that. I believe in balance. You need you need a couple lefties. You can't just have a strong Righty, especially when you're of at Yankee Stadium of when course. you have 314 down the right field line. Of course. Lefties are actually like we were talking earlier, are almost probably better to be pitching in Yankee Stadium. I like that we had Sabathia, but will have Sabathia. Hap, Paxton, and Hap, German, and then Sessa. Germond's a righty. Cessa's a righty. Sessa, whatever. Point is, you jam the lefties with being a lefty uh, on the mound, and you pitch low and away to the righties. The best thing they can do is really wait back and hit a home run to right field on a change-up low and away, and that's very hard to do. Well, yeah, you got to be very careful of that stuff, especially at Yankee Stadium. But I will say, with that opening day, I'm not sure what the lineup's going to be, but I know with what I saw in the preseason – I'm excited. I'm ready for the year. I it's tomorrow, right? Yeah. Oh uh, my god. I don't know. I don't know how many times I express, I'm excited for opening day. I posted it on Twitter. I even posted a, a selfie of myself with a smile, like literally doing this, be like, opening day is tomorrow. And unfortunately I'm at work tomorrow, so I'm yeah. gonna miss it. I'm not. But ladies and gentlemen, at the start, just break it down with me real quick, one sec. Okay. At the start of this baseball season, I'm going to overdramatize and over-seriousize this moment. Oh, no. He knows where I'm going. No. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We have some funny stories to share. We're going to break it down. We're going to go from sports to life. We were thinking about this recently. Actually, take that back. I've been thinking about this recently. Last week, you asked me a question. Take it from there. All right. So I asked you a question, you know. You know, going on dates could be a good time. You know, you get some pizza, then you come back and just relax and all that other stuff. James takes out a girl, some pizza, some slices, some drinks. Yeah, you know, we're laughing, we're having a good time. Next thing you know, we're just sitting down watching TV. I just randomly just do something like this. <sighs> and apparently, uh, she didn't like it very much. Apparently, I was a little too touchy. So from what I understood, James put the casual cliche move on just the gentleman's arm around the shoulder yeah you know i I just did that i kind of just like ladies for anything that's literally the most respectful and slow move a man can make that is the most honorable noble gentle approach to trying to figure out what the heck you want yeah so supposedly and i wanted to bring it up last week but Uh, I was still in contact he was still in contact with. so I just wasn't sure what was going on we're not gonna drop names Well, it's anonymous but I will say I'm glad uh, and I'm happy the first thing he said was guess what that girl no I'm like good you know, you were just being a gentleman after the fact, too. You more so felt bad that she felt bad about making you feel bad. She literally texted me the next day saying, he's like, I didn't love, like, what you did. I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't so, yeah, to make so, you feel uncomfortable. More context. So he puts his arm around her, right? Seems like the date continued and how... I don't know how it ended and I, I wasn't there. Not, but she texts him the next day. Address... I think this is the BS moment. I think she actually... An arm around the shoulders an arm around the shoulder. and it's not like she wasn't putting signs out there to make some advances. She was wearing some you know uh, you know she was ready to you know have some fun. She was kind of flirty with him, touchy to him. she was doing all the things. So all he did was the arm around the shoulder. It wasn't even inner thigh or the forehead or the cleavage. <laughs> no or I the didn't. Armpit. didn't do it didn't do anything. It was the arm things. around the shoulder. And then the next day, the next day... I asked, I asked, I'm i asked, like, did you have a good time last night, you know? God forbid he asked how she how she was. Yeah, of course. And as she, always. And what'd she say? And she said, I honestly didn't love how touchy you were. Now, I'll be honest with me. And this podcast. Okay. Did you touch her other than just going arm, arm around the shoulder? Okay. I did a little arm around the shoulder. Maybe I did a little little massage like over here. Okay, a little massage. neck. that's it. That's it. Okay. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't go anywhere else but, because that's respectful. Okay, that's respectful. That's type of touches. Check the box. You're good. Yeah. Amount. Was she... Okay, so she didn't like kind of shimmy you off. No. She didn't give you any sign like, not yet. No, she... I mean... I, she probably appreciates... just sitting there and you were kneading the knot in her neck. Yeah, exactly. And, and so uh, what happened? Like I, I don't know. I don't know. Could be a lot of things. It could be a zillion things, especially knowing that the mind of a woman works in mysterious ways. But you know, we just want you to be open and honest with us. You know, and yes, it's hard in the moment sometimes. But I mean, if if it was making it uncomfortable, you could have just told me. I would have stopped. Yeah, the man sitting there rubbing your shoulders, getting a. If thump you say, cramp. it's like if you say not now, I'd be like, okay, I, I just won't. Okay, do that. and then he'd just lean back in his chair, and you and I just lean back and continue watching. Whatever the whatever we want, and you're eating pizza and having a good time. It it just I didn't like it because it seemed as if when he was showing me the text she was sending, it seemed as if she was trying to flip the script on him. Whether it be she didn't want to, she wasn't ready for dating right now. She just like tried to throw herself out there and wasn't comfortable with it in general, which is okay. You don't have to have, fall in love with every guy or every girl ever. Exactly. And if you're not ready for something, that's okay. Just communicate that to the person. And if you can, at least try. And next day, don't put it on the other person. Don't try to be like, Oh, it was the way you sipped your Coca-Cola. See, here's what... See, here's It the just thing. bothered me. Okay. Here's the thing. We were going like this. You know, everything was going well. You know, we were talking const- consistently. Right. After the date, it just went down to the point where I'm just like, hey, how are you? And then she didn't respond back. And ladies and gentlemen, this is never good when you're talking about dates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on! Nobody knew I'm that. Sorry, I'm sorry. You know My what it is? The point is such, though. James... You can tell he's a gentleman. The man not only means no harm; he's literally—he literally, he literally could—he's not that guy. So don't make. Do a, I look like that guy? I'm sorry. Do I look you, like you, that you, guy? You do have quaffed hair, and it's adorable. Well, I'm not. But Bryce I'm Harper. saying this. I'm not Bryce Harper. I'm just saying this. She made him feel a little uncomfortable after the fact because now he's coming to me like, dude, did I screw up there? Did I do something wrong? And then one time she texted me saying, it was like, I, I, I'm like, you seemed awkward about it. Well, yeah, because you were awkward about it. If you yeah. were awkward about it, I was awkward about it. It was a duel. Awkward moment! And a dual awkward moment is not solved by another awkward moment because three wrongs don't make a right in that situation. If only it was. (laughs) But I will (laughs) say Sometimes wrong is good. But I will say this. Don't beat yourself up. You didn't do anything wrong. Nope. It's It's good of you to come to me for this. Just went to the master. Because I'm the 18th millionth best person to talk to you about this. Actually, you're probably like my first or second. And you. We want to hear what you have to think about that stuff. This, all this type of life and pinstripe stuff, yeah, we, we're sports podcasts. Yeah, we're, we're having fun with it. We're still. But we're still dudes growing up living life. We're the learning. two fantastic dudes. Two fantastic dudes. Still, we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We have questions in life too, so. What, are you kidding me? I make mistakes all the time. I don't. But I will say this. Oh, you perfectionists. I'm not. I will say this. <laughs> so you do make mistakes? Absolutely not. So <laughs> we want to hear from you. Send us something either on Twitter, Facebook. Our Facebook page. I forget what else there is, Instagram. Instagram, my personal Twitter, my personal Facebook, anything. Mail me an actual handwritten note or letter with a stamp on it. I will personally read it on air next episode. If anyone can mail me, somehow find me, navigate to me, their actual physical handwritten personal passionate note and somehow find my address and gets it to me i will read it on air i will do the same thing but i will but i'll do it in a uh, deeper voice like this pretty much my voice is higher pitched than his his voice is lower pitched than mine i can try to sound like thanos if i wanted to It'd be like i respect you stark and half the universe disappeared. Uh, oh, spoiler alert! If you just spoiled the movie for... No, no, no no, 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 no. If no one, they've seen no it. No one knows what we're talking about. We digress so many times. I don't ways. know what you're talking about. Right now, I'm just looking at the sunshine. Yeah, Thinking about our next topic, things like that. Oh, uh, where were we air I don't know. Anyway, crazy story. I gotta mention it out there. And now we digress. We digress. Okay. To continue, after James uh, opened up, we're going to go with some strange new beginnings, and the continuation of that is going to be the Johnny uh, Manziel uh, show. Oh, you sure it's not Johnny Boyzel? Good one. Okay. Well, then again, I got it from you, so technically it's not really a good one. That's why it was a great one. Okay. But give us a little info on the man. Where's he at in life? Johnny Manziel. What's the... the man up to? The former Heisman. Winner back in 2012. That felt like a lifetime ago. Yes, wow. he got that. He got he got drafted by the Browns. He thought he was going to be the next big thing. That didn't go well. So Johnny Manziel, where he's been? He's in the already a fail league. Yeah, he's in the AAF. He made his debut with the Memphis Express against the Birmingham Iron. <laughs> yes, First of all, I kid you not. Hold on. I love that. Memphis Express. Would you like to hop on the Memphis Express? Hold on, let me go to the Birmingham uh, Iron Game. It's like, wow. Continue. Okay, so, Johnny Manziel, he was the backup. 250,000 people watched that game, by the way, when he was playing. Quarter mil, Yeah, for an AAF game. Quarter mil. I didn't even realize even people watched that. <laughs> Ladies and germs, we are still addicted to the story, the drama of Johnny drama himself. Of course. So, he... Stats not that impressive. Throws for 48 yards. Rushes for 20 yards. And every time I was watching the highlights when we were taking our notes, he looked really slow. Mm. Like, really slow. Like, I easily could have caught it. I can imagine being out of the league or out of football in general. uh, Exponentially slows you down, probably. Yeah, of course. A couple days, weeks off. These guys are... Apex Predators. We take for granted how much they're better than us physically. If I have one cheeseburger and one glass of milk, I'm already like two beats behind the next guy who's having a protein shake and doing sit-ups while I'm talking. So these guys being top of their game, man, you can't be out of the game as long as he was and expect to be... Johnny Manziel He's been out for years Johnny Moneybags Johnny I do drugs and Johnny It's not like months He's been out for like years Yeah Literally hasn't been in the league in a while And it's not like he's had a boring off uh, off time Oh no He's been using his off season time quite to perfection To do too many narcotics To go to rehab To try to become the underdog uh, reborn story again The great underdog story And uh, to be honest Johnny Enough of this and more of, use this use this for once this and this, this. okay this, so this. what he's trying to do he's trying to improve the AAF ratings I kind of made a chart that works I, I kind of made a chart of how you, <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm like what are what he's trying to hope for <laughs> so then um, Eminem you know fabulous rapper mentioned how there should be fighting in the AAF literally hockey hands down Everybody fighting. You know what Johnny Manziel said? I got you. Okay. I don't know what to say about that, but Let's obviously... Say, let me say one thing real quick. Okay, what you got? Football is fighting. It's controlled violence. Wait, it's you at It's literally people doing this. Like Every single play is a fight. So there are two human beings charging at each other full speed. Gravity, force and physics take over. Also, do we want to... Even in the NHL, the fighting has a purpose. It has a, a part in the narrative. If two studs and stars are having a lights-out game, the enforcer comes on, defends his star, goes after the other. It's a language in the game. It's, it, has a, it has a meaning, a role, a purpose. If someone does a cheap shot, you better bet the other guy's strongman's coming after you. That happens every single play in football. What do you mean we need more fights? Are you talking about the play being extended after the original five seconds to just more shoving matches? Or a blow to the head. Are we going to be punching each other in the helmet? For no reason. In the helmet. For no reason. Not the head, the helmet. How much fun is it to punch a guy in a helmet? Uh... It's not fun. It's not. I can't imagine you probably breaking a wrist or something like that because of the hard helmet. Imagine that. Oh, my gosh. All of a sudden, the very first fight and the star player breaks his... No. Eminem, man, I think I respect you more than I respect uh, everybody in this country, including our president. Because you are... That's not (laughs) mentioned. Well, that's over here. I digress. But I respect you from coming where you were to where you are. Your devotion, your passion and what you do. His rise to stardom, you know, starting from the bottom. But my question layup. to you is, was this just a controversial topic? Or was this an actual, like, you truly believe the sport would benefit from fighting? Who watches the AAF? That's the first question. Because, because my question. question is, is that seeing this as the XFL? Is he... Is he thinking that this is the XFL with the extra fun, like kind of herky-jerky stuff? Or Or arena football. Or arena football? Or was he just kind of like chilling in a moment and then a microphone was in his face and he said something silly and now it's blown up into a story? I think it was one of those. It could be one way or another or just Eminem is just bored of watching all the four major sports and he just wants something entertaining to happen. Yeah. So, nonetheless, uh, Johnny Manziel, do better. Work hard. Work hard. Come back. You had a quarter million views watching that game. Next game is probably going to have only about 150,000. You're going to lose your viewership by half each time you don't do well. So get in the gym, put those earbuds on, listen to some Eminem, recovery album, and do your job. Great album, by the way. Great album. Of course. Cinderella Man. Now, here's Cinderella my first man. question. I vote... Do you hear Johnny Manziel, AAF? Is he trying to make an NFL comeback? No. Doesn't make sense. Next topic. The man's not good enough, as you see. He put up that number in the 48 yards minors. in the yep. minors. He'd be... You know, granted, let's give him some time to come back and start, maybe. But if Colin Kaepernick isn't getting signed... Johnny Manziel's not getting signed. I'm sorry. The fact that Colin Kaepernick is not even signed at all—it's actually pretty sad. It's you know what it It's not his actual physical play. You know what it's it, his social thoughts, correct. his Religion, all those other things. Correct. His beliefs in uh, everyone he think was standing it'd be for, too dramatic. And people, yeah, thought he was being too dramatic. You know what's an absolute shame? Is because what's really happening, and I'm about to be real for a sec. The man had courage to stand out from a crowd. He then had followers. The followers were standing up for a just cause. The higher powers, the elite, the powers that be decided or realized we can't let the people realize how much power they actually have in their voice. So to try to teach us all a lesson No one is letting no one re-sign Colin Kaepernick. They're trying to reinforce the idea that if you stand up for something and you stand out, you're going to stand alone. It's such a tough... You know what it is? It's a very tough topic because it's one of those topics where you're not going to win with everybody. It was police violence. It was... It's a topic like... You know what it is? Peaceful protest. There's... It's a peace... There's no right or wrong. There's just growth in knowledge and awareness, and understanding. And the fact that I've seen some of the rosters in the NFL who could very much benefit from the signing of a Colin Kaepernick. My Giants, probably. <laughs> yeah. I think my Giants could probably... The New York football Giants. Let's go with the Jets before they got Sam Darnold. Let's go with... Um, hmm, Jacksonville. Jacksonville, yes. Before they got Nick Nick Foles. About 12, 13, 14 teams, including the 49ers again, could have benefited from signing that man. You're telling me the world is going to support not giving that man another chance? I swear, NFL, if he's not on a team this year or next year... He should be on a team regardless. And he's done. I hope for his sake he goes to the AAF or does something. I hope he plays football because the man at least sacrificed his career... Not to be a martyr, but to stand up and believe in something to have enough oomph impact in society to have it talked about on a national platform every day for months and almost for years. But for the love of God, someone sign the man. I'd be happy to take him. And you know how much positive that would do for your team? Granted, you might take a few extra questions during an interview after your game. But if you're the Tampa Bay Bucks or somebody like that, you can afford it. Definitely. You're too busy stinking. So, take the man. Jameis Winston is not the answer in Tampa Bay. I can tell you that. Absolutely not. Sorry. And uh, Fitzmagic moved on to a new team, so. Yeah. (laughs) I love him. That didn't didn't last very long. (laughs) No, it didn't. But uh, I'm sorry. I got a little passionate there about it. I I just want to say, hope he's on a team soon if he's not. Do something uh, for him, somebody, somewhere, because the man stood up for something, and uh, look at the powers, just uh, afraid to resign him and make us all know it's okay to stand up for you, believe in, or be who you are. Or be who you are. That's the whole point of the world. You gotta be who you are. Yes. And uh, speaking of which, being who you are, how do you pronounce his name? Uh, Yusuf Nurkic. So remember last week when we uh Oh yeah, we did some <laughs> not stop bashing on Yusuf Nurkic. Made have made made it bash the man a little too uh, hard there. Uh, uh, you know. uh, do you think uh, do you think he was probably looking on the internet one day and he's like um who are these two fabulous dudes with quack hair from Connecticut talking about me this way? No, he couldn't care less. But but <laughs> We talked about him cheap shotting Russell Westbrook the other week, or last week, last episode. Karma Hurts. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, yeah, we know Russell's a little bit of a drama queen. And Still he's kinda, is. He kind of looks like uh, uh, he's not even human out there. He can jump all over the place. But Nirkich kind of did a little extra sauce on him the other day, shoved him. And yes, the flopper of the queen of flops is going to flop. It's just going to happen. Yep. But. uh... We kind of bashed the man so hard, we're wondering where he bashed his ankle. His leg, his whole leg, leg. Literally just went like. Bone sticking out. And, and we're like, oh, uh, uh, did they. Uh, Cartilage and blood? No, we're kidding. And of, of course, what? it had to be against my nuts nonetheless. How about that? We, oh. talk, we bashed Nurkic for a while, and then we talked about your Nets for a while. And guess what? What a perfect combination. The Nets <laughs> then bashed Nurkic's leg. Oh. Now, the, it would have been even better if the Nets actually beat the Blazers that game. They're still going to make the playoffs, though, right? Hopefully. So, you'll be fine. They're still the seventh seed. Yeah, they're they fine. They have to face the 76ers tomorrow. Actually... Their schedule, the next, like, ten games, it's either a number one seed, a number two seed. they I know they have two games against either Toronto or Milwaukee. Ew. Then they have to face the Celtics. Then they have to face the Sixers. They have to face so many high-seeded teams. It's... All at the moment where all them, well, the one, two seeds aren't, like, dying for wins. They're kind of, like, making like, sure nobody gets hurt. So maybe they could steal a couple of the Ws away. But they do need to secure their one, two seed, three, four, five seed, whatever. But, yeah, you—, uh, you especially down the stretch because you don't know where you're going to get from these guys. That's so funny. The Nets, the Nets brokers. The line. fact we're talking about the Nets are relevant Net. on Net. March Net. on March 27th. Yeah. 8 games left. Yeah. Before the post the fact that they're relevant. The man's happy. I'm very happy. Yeah. There's probably going to be two sports for me to watch in April. Wow. How about that? We have Yankees baseball. Yeah. We- and we have possibly the Nets going to the playoffs, unless if they lose the next seven games, which I hope doesn't happen. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, MLB, MLB star, and oh yeah, a crown for March Madness. Speaking of March, March Madness. I'm doing terrible, by the uh, way. What the th- heck is your bracket doing, bud? Oh, it's doing terrible. I just screamed it saying it's doing terrible. You're going to say that again? It's pretty terrible? Why? Why? Who- terrible, 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 terrible. I'll say it 5,000 times if I have to. Who'd you... Have? Why? Why is it terrible? Uh, Because my, right now my percentage is at like 23%. Like Ooh. perfect. You know, the funny thing is this year, chalk. Chalk across the board. There was maybe, I think, four or five actual literal upsets like Murray State over Marquette. Okay, over here's five. the thing. The, Murray State the rest over has Marquette. been chalk. Here's the thing. The Murray State... Over Marquette, everyone knew Murray State was going to win. I know. That wasn't very surprising. Unless if you're a Marquette fan. But what others didn't know is why I'm in good shape. Da-da-da-da-da. Oregon. The real 12 seed of, you know, they're the threats of the 12 seed. I have Oregon beating Virginia in this coming round. And let's all be honest, Gardner-Webb almost took out Virginia. So, <laughs> um, I have Michigan winning it all. I do have a couple brackets where I had Duke, UNC, you know, where everybody else had, but I know the whole country's gonna have that. At the entire see, that's why I didn't choose Duke or UNC. And it would have been a little exciting to see Duke lose against UCF the other day. Oh, I was hoping that Duke would lose to UCF. Because I'm at that point where I do not care about my bracket anymore. And I have Michigan Go Wolverines, who were very close last year, I believe they made it to the final four and were awesome and the same squad except for two players returned and I think they have what's in them to let the other teams duke it out and then they clean up the scraps and they come in as no one expects them to and take the NCA March Madness Championship who's going to be cutting the nets I'm saying Duke UNC is what everybody kind of expects A couple of idiots have Virginia and Gonzaga I don't have Virginia or Gonzaga I have, I, said, MS- I have MSU <laughs> there's no idiot yeah I know there's no idiots in this room. <clears throat> we just have Michigan to Michigan State. Look, <laughs> I looked at the record the last 12 games. There's something about them. I thought they were going to be going all the way. Plus, I didn't want those top, the number one seed to win it all again. I wanted yeah, it. you I'm know, upset. you do that thing. You fill it all the way out. You're like, I have one, two, one, three. Why um, did you think I wanted Duke to lose to UCF? Not yeah, that creative. So that <laughs> way I felt better. Nobody, <laughs> maybe a couple UCF fans would have had them. Uh, there's no I didn't freaking them. way anyone in the country has a perfect bracket still. They could have after the first couple days. It's all chalk, like I said. Barely any upsets. My bracket was over after the first game. But I still have seven out of my Elite Eight. And all four of my Final Four. My Final Four is looking like a Duke. A Michigan. Oregon is my big difference maker. And I have Houston... Beating Kentucky to get into the, uh, up oh, they're gonna lose to UNC. So, UNC, Oregon, Duke, Michigan. Okay. Michigan facing UNC in the finals. I'm thinking, uh, I'm in good shape. I'm second to last in my bracket, by the way. <laughs> like, in my friend group. Second to last. Which I figure would probably happen. Who do you have in your final four? Uh, who do I have? Oh, I have Duke. What? No, I don't. I have them losing the Elite Eight. Who'd you have in the top left? I know I have MSU. I think I have Gonzaga, KMSU, I've got. Okay, MSU. Gonzaga. The bottom left. I think I have Houston. Houston bottom right, and UVA. I think Virginia. Yeah, I think I have Virginia. Okay, so you had Virginia probably beating Houston, or I think, Houston. I think, so. I think so. I've, or Houston the other way, vice versa. Michigan uh, State Houston championship. Oh wait, no, I have Michigan State and uh, I think Virginia in the final. There you go. I was going to say that's a bit ambitious, Okay, but it's actually not that unrealistic. It's so okay. I'll stick with fantasy baseball. That's what I'm better at. Guy, you still don't know. You could be right. Who knows? That's why we love the madness of March Madness. I'm very mad at the madness. So it's a bad week for me. If you I just it. love the... It's true because, ladies and germs, how many times are you out of it after the first day of games? Me! Me! After the Louisville... Was it Minnesota game? Minnesota, I knew I was at... Minnesota. I was out automatically. Mad mad flow. Mad flow. And a lot of people had Cincinnati, which they continued to trust them for some reason. Yep, I did. Uh, (laughs) Boy, they lost after the first round. Being a UConn fan, I've seen over the years, okay, they're tough, they're gritty, but uh, no. I will say this. I will say this. uh, Madness is madness for a reason. We love it. And I'm just happy to be existing after the first two rounds because... Pretty much everybody in my bracket, there's 26 brackets in this thing. No joke, like 20 out of the 26 still have a potential points to win it all. And to be honest, if it goes chalk, if a Duke or a UNC wins... You know one of those teams are going to win. There's 8, 9, or 10 people that have that result. So I'm one of the only ones that took a chance. Make it happen. Anyways, uh, to have Michigan, so I figured, why not? This was me after the first, ge- first game. I'm just like, all right, I'm out. I'm out. One and I'm points. in. Okay, it's okay. I still got. I still got fancy base. I still got fancy baseball. I still have two very solid. Oh, speaking of which, we are running out of time. All right, but. What's the run over our fantasy baseball game? All right. Real quick well, first of all, auto-draft is apparently a pain. <laughs> Just saying, I was in his league. I bartended Sunday night. I couldn't get to my phone. I was busy. I had to auto-draft in his league. His league owner or manager was all pissed off at me. Shout and out to Jimmy Anamakis. Shout out. Guess what? My team stinks. I have the worst <laughs> pitching I've ever seen in a fantasy you, league. Yeah, you have like a bunch of pitchers I've never heard of. In my I've never heard like, of any of them. And all right. Also, my best hitter is Manny Machado. And if you've been listening to our podcast, we're not very fond of the man. So I'm going to set my lineup maybe once or twice. Okay. Oh, you want to hear my lineup? Go ahead. You feel good about my lineup? <laughs> my other league lineup. All right. It. So my lineup consists of a couple of Yankees we got to show the love. Bang out the pitching real quick. Go. All right, fine. Max Scherzer, Boom. Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg, Jay Happ, Al- Archie Bradley, Alex Reyes. Just to name a few of those pitchers. Pretty badass, by the way. He said Scherzer, Cole, and uh, <coughs> Strasburg. Strasburg. That's I also pretty... have two out of the three starting pitchers. Probably. Oh, and Washington. That Hater. Hits. He has Hater, too, by the way. Yes. Oh, yeah. Josh Hater. Great pitcher. All right. Stun. All right. Line up. Gary Sanchez, Jesus Aguilar, Daniel Murphy, Miguel Indujar, Gleyber Torres, Paul DeYon, Josh Donaldson, Ronald Acuna Jr., John Carlos Stan, David Peralta, Stephen Piscotti, and Ooh. Harrison Bader, and also on the bench, Luke Voigt and DJ LeMahieu. Oh, that's actually pretty damn good, dude. Yeah. Yeah, you, I think you have, I actually looked at your whole league, you have the best lineup. Um, yeah. That's probably going to be torn away within like the next couple of weeks because everyone's like, I want Donaldson. I want this guy. I want this guy. I want- well, I, uh, I do have Donaldson on my team too. We have a couple of similarities. Uh, I had the first pick overall in my other league. And, uh, you know, with knowing how the points work, knowing what's most important, out of the 12 categories that are rated every week, five of them are pitching. Okay, you think, okay, seven of them are hitting. Hitting's more important. You need pitching no. to win games. You need pitching. You need pitching. A, in real life, you need pitching to win games. B, in fantasy, you need pitching to win games. <laughs> pitching, 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 pitching. It's huge. A lot. It's huge. Everyday players can only get you a couple of hits here, home runs there, whatever. But a pitcher has a great outing. You're set. They have a terrible, you're already way behind. That's there. why I have Chris Sale in my other league. So, mine are, first overall pick, Max Scherzer. My second pick, I went with Charlie Blackman. Good call. I jumped the fence a little early and got George Springer for my third pick because I love him to death represent, former teammate, UConn, TCB, holla. And, oh yeah, um, I have John Lester, and ooh, you know what I found in the eighth round still lying around? Clayton Kershaw. Seriously? Yeah. His injury is keeping everybody off of him, and I'm like, hey, he's gonna be out for like a nickel past the hair. So, I'm telling you, I've got Scherzer, Kershaw, and John Lester. I have Hater, just like that, lefty, that stud lefty for the Brewers. I've got Vizcaeno, who's now with the Braves. He's great. And I have Teheran, who's also starter pitching with the Braves. Love having the Braves options because with that young stud lineup, um, oh, yeah, and Josh Donaldson uh, yeah, as my third baseman. I love Josh Donaldson. He, like I said, he, I think he's going to break out this season. Yeah. Oh, no, he's, he's going to great. His injuries seem to finally be subsiding, and he's going to have a lineup around him with people getting it on base for him. I have Jen Simmons at shortstop. Oh, he's good. My backup second baseman is DJ LeMahieu. Oh, come on. He's, he's the most underlooked Yankee on this team. He is going to break out. I'm my starting it. second baseman is a former Yankee, Robinson Cano. Ah, once a Yankee, now a Met. New York, New York. York. First baseman is somebody. And my outfield is Steven Piscotti, George Springer, and Charlie Blackman. With the backup of David Peralta. So, mm, oh yeah. And Wayne Encarnacion's my first baseman. So, I think I'm all set. You're all set? That what right? a what a lineup! I think I, I think I mentioned all my lines. I have my second lineup, but that's going to take forever. Love being overly cocky and arrogant. And I mark it down now. The 27th of March. I am extremely happy because I know in a couple of weeks I'll be miserable when it comes to fantasy. So enjoy same, it same while here. I can, while we can. Last year, I went 3-17 in my fantasy baseball league. And ladies and gentlemen, that's really hard to do. I don't know how that's possible. You can even not set your lineup or not even have people starting. You're still going to win some games. Like I said, don't, don't pick Jonathan Scope. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be my say, by the way, for fantasy. <laughs> like for, for people who want to do it, do not pick Jonathan Scope. The man spells it Shoop, Scope, Shop, Shoop. All right. I think that's all the time we got on that Now Remember, yeah. Twitter At Yevon Nation, the life of Pitch Strikes. My personal Twitter is at JEM21. His is... Stolzenberg, TJ. For now. I think. But reach out to us. Yes. Contact us. Let us know. Send us something that you feel you like, you didn't like. Uh, You know, suggestions. Are we good people? Are we terrible people? Do I suck? Yes, (laughs) we suck. But we also rock because yes we know we have ideas for the podcast we have ideas for the show we want to do new things we want to try new stuff we love the tip of the cap moment of the week and we also love are... you mom <laughs> love that and I, and I love you too by the way <laughs> <laughs> uh, she calls you the second son so. I know I have to say she is one of the sweetest ladies on this planet and so with all that being said ladies and gentlemen out there reach out to us talk to us we don't bite. I bite. I don't. Hard. <laughs> That's such an awesome badass Anyway, I'm James Evan, and I'm T.J. Stolzenberg. Go Yankees! Can't wait to see you guys on the 31st. Rock and or roll.